It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. On. It's been a while, as I mentioned to y'all yesterday, since uh, I've gotten to talk to you about a Panthers win dating back to mid-November of last year when Cam Newton came in and scored two touchdowns on his first two touches and all of us were thinking, all right, here we go, five and five, Cam's back, Sam Darnold, he'll, unfortunately he's injured, the energy on the team, completely different, Panthers going to go on a run, make the playoffs and we're going to get Cam as our starting quarterback for one more time. Well, unfortunately... It didn't work out that way as the Panthers lost seven games in that season and lost the first two games of this year, and everyone was sitting here calling for Matt Rule's head. But the players on this roster, they played hard last season, which NFL players, this is their job. They're not going to mail it in. But clearly, there's still a belief in Matt Rule in that locker room. Robbie Anderson, one of Rule's longtime players dating back to his college days at Temple, came out last week and talked about how he wanted to win this one for Coach Rule. And we saw that on Sunday afternoon as this team played with a pride, played with an intensity and executed unlike they had in the previous two games and even dating back to last season in those seven straight losses to end the 2021 season. They went out there and they won one for their head coach, Matt Rule. And at the end of it, in the locker room celebration, which I brought up yesterday on Twitter, you saw Robbie Anderson hand Matt Rule the game ball and I don't know how often head coaches get the game ball. Of course, they don't want it to be about them. They want it to be about the players. And Matt Rule went out there and said, it's not supposed to be about me. It's supposed to be about these guys who work so hard day in and day out. And they have to listen to the outside noise coming from me, coming from you and everywhere else about how poorly they played and how they haven't won a game and how they haven't gotten a takeaway. Well, they got three takeaways on Sunday afternoon. They finally got that win. They're one and two. They beat a division rival in the Saints to send them the one and two. And now they're one and oh in the AFC South, where those wins mean more than any other games they're going to play all season long. It's just a step in the right direction for a team that Matt Rule has said for weeks is close. Now, does it take the pressure off of him? Maybe for one week it does. 
I'm sure it's not going to change a lot of the opinions that y'all have. If you're not a fan of Matt Rule, and if you are a fan of Matt Rule, still want to be patient, give him an opportunity, that probably is a validating win for you. And I still, I still want to sit here and allow Matt Rule the opportunity. I believe that laid out the numbers last week, and those numbers bear that he's unlikely going to make it. But winning games can certainly change that, and that's all anyone really wants to see from this team and from Matt Rule is to win games so that we're happy and the Panthers are no longer a laughing stock, and they can get to a point where they can win back-to-back winning season. We can have that sustained success that David Tepper talked about. So Matt Rule. I went speaking to the media on Monday and his day after press conference said, I told him today, I don't want you to make it about me. I want you to make it me right. I believe in this team. I've said it. This team is close. I've said you guys were a good team. I've told you guys you just need to make a couple more plays. It's the same team that blocked the field goal. It's the same team that a 340-pound man, Derek Brown, dove out and intercepted the ball. We executed better, and we really made the plays to finish the game. That goes back to what Jonathan Stewart and I talked about last week. The execution wasn't there. I mean, Matt Rule brought this up as well. Frankie Louvre had an opportunity last week against the Giants to get a, a game-changing interception. He drops it. Well, what happens on Sunday? He goes out there, forces the first takeaway in seven games that the Panthers have played, gets a strip, and a Marquise Haynes takes it back for a touchdown. The defense goes out there, and they make they score. They help out an offense that has not been great so far, and we'll get even deeper into the offensive struggles here in a moment. You see J.C. Horn come up and make big plays. In that game, he was out for the majority of last season, but he's come in. He's been fantastic through three weeks. Thank God he's been able to make it through three weeks, which he wasn't able to do last season. Had a game-sealing interception. He made plays. Brian Burns has continued to play well. I mean, Louvu overall has been all over the field. Jeremy Chin doing his thing as well. So it's just really came down to execution that we have not seen. Like special teams-wise, what Johnny Hecker's provided this team has been excellent and absolutely worth the money that the Carolina Panthers went out there and gave him. And that's been an area of strength for the Carolina Panthers this season. It's been a weakness the last couple of years under former special teams coordinator Chase Blackburn. That's no longer the case under Chris Tabor. So the defense went out there and executed. Special teams-wise executed. And, and in the run game, they've executed. Like the last couple of seasons when the Panthers have really struggled on the offensive line as far as pass reduction, they protection, they have been solid running the football. The interior last year with John Miller, with Matt Paradis, and you can even throw Pat Elfline in there, Michael Jordan, and Dennis Daly, it wasn't nearly as good as it needs to be. But they've stepped up early on this season in protection and with running the football. Back-to-back 100-yard rushing games for Christian McCaffrey. Hadn't had one since he was last fully healthy back in 2019. And Matt Rule talked about that being a key for a team where they weren't great on third down. And we're going to get deeper into those third down numbers here shortly. But they were able to control the line of scrimmage on Sunday, which it is a line of scrimmage game oftentimes saying for us to run the ball for the yards the last two games without converting third downs usually doesn't happen. This game was different. Last week was a big run. This was really efficient runs throughout the day. And Christian McCaffrey showed why he's so important to this offense and why he's such a good running back. When you keep feeding him the rock, you have an opportunity to have success on offense. So they got to find some balance in the passing game, and that's going to start – First and foremost, with Baker Mayfield. I know Matt Rule brought up how the wide receivers also need to step up this week. Sure, but the quarterback play has to be better. It is good to see the Panthers, where again, we talk about week one, week two. They didn't play a great game overall week one. Defense wasn't very good. Offense took way too long to get going. Special teams, just fine. The Giants game, offense, not good all day. Defense, fantastic. Special teams, for the most part, again, did their job. Special teams went out there, did their job. Defense went out there, did their job. Offense, still slow. 
but they finally got over the hump. And that's when he talks, they're close. It's just one or two plays that they weren't making. It's Marquise Haynes being able to get that fumble recovery. It's being able to get that interception with Derek Brown and not let that opportunity slip past you. It's LaVishka Chenault being able to make that man miss, even if it was a poor tackling display by New Orleans and to break it free. Chris McCaffrey and all the opportunities he makes after the tackle or at, I mean, after contact when running the football. It's all those things that when you add them up at the end of the day lead to winning on Sunday that you did not get in the two previous weeks against the Browns and the Giants when a lot of those performances, especially defensively and special teams-wise, were very similar. And the offense, of course, is very similar as well. Now, I don't know how sustainable it is moving forward. The offense has to be much better, but it certainly is encouraging to see the team be able to play great defense, great special teams, run the football, and to be able to get a win against a New Orleans team that's now 1-2, and two, and to be 1-0 in the division, and to be able to have an opportunity to start gaining some momentum and traction in this season. And that starts this upcoming weekend against another 1-2 and two team in the Arizona Cardinals, who really have not looked all that great so far. But if they're going to do that, Baker Mayfield has to be a hell of a lot better because right now Baker Mayfield is playing some really bad football and in parties holding this team back. It's still early, not sitting here ready to say that Baker Mayfield is not the guy, but it has not looked good so far. We'll go deeper into some of the offensive struggles with the Carolina Panthers and primarily Baker Mayfield here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Fantasy sports isn't exclusive just to Sundays. You can play it every single day of the week over at Price Picks. So how does Price Picks work? You pick two to five players, and if they go with a score that's more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, including the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, NASCAR or tennis, MMA, boxing, even cricket, all the sports you can think of. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. So this is how it works. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 when you download the Price Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. While Matt Rule praised the defense and special teams and the Panthers' ability to run the football, one area that he said he needed to see improvement on was Baker Mayfield and the offensive passing game that has been fairly non-existent through the first three weeks of the season. It is certainly one thing that's holding the Carolina Panthers back 
as they head into their week four matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, another team that is desperate to get on the right track heading into the final 14 games of the season. And for Carolina, it really comes down to what Baker Mayfield has not been able to do and what this team has not been able to do third down wise. Like overall, on third down, going into Sunday, the Panthers were 29th in third down conversions at 26.1% of the time that they've converted. They were last in yards to go on third down, averaging 8.4. And on Sunday, they did not improve on those numbers as they were 4 of 14 on third down. They are now 30th in the league with 27% conversion rate. So I guess they improved by 0.9% as far as third down conversion rate goes. But 30th in the league out of 32 teams, as you know, is not good enough. Offensive plays is also an interesting stat I was looking at. They have played the 29th uh, fewest. Offensive players so far this season were only 168 on the season. And Phil Snow and I think was talking about that you would like ideally, I think, or it was maybe Ben McAdoo. That's probably Ben McAdoo saying ideally like to get in like 65 plays per game. The Panthers haven't gotten there just yet. Now, this stat is also intriguing to me because teams like the Ravens and Dolphins only have played 169 snaps as well, one more than Carolina, and the Ravens are 2-1. and one. They're only lost to the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins are 3-0 coming off a big win at home against the Buffalo Bills. So maybe it doesn't mean all that much, especially when you look at the top three teams are the Bengals, who are 1-2, just beat the Jets. The Jets are 1-2. Uh, they have that one win, I forget who they beat, and then the Cardinals are 1-2. So those are top three, all 1-2. But when you look at Arizona, though, it is important for Sunday's game because one of the things that we've looked at in the past is that this defense can get worn down and not make those plays at the end of the game to get up the field when they really need them to. If the Panthers are going to be struggling again on third down and unable to stay on the field, Arizona's going to be out there for a ton of plays. And what does it look like in the fourth quarter if Carolina's defense is worn down, will they be in a position to lose that game if that is the case? So while that has not bore out to be a great record for the Cardinals through the first three weeks, that is something to look out for on Sunday afternoon considering that they have played some, their top three in the league as far as plays, uh, offensive plays so far this season. But looking at Baker Mayfield specifically, and let's say this, it, Baker Mayfield – did not get OTAs, did not get mandatory minicamp. He did not even get a playbook until two weeks before the season. He came in to his training camp, first working with the twos, and flip-flopping every day with Sam Darnold as Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule wanted to have this quarterback competition. We all knew when they traded for Baker on July 6th, it was always going to end up being Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback here in Carolina. There was little time for Baker to try and catch up and figure things out, considering that he has no more guaranteed money after this season. He took a pay cut to come here to Carolina. It's not like next season he can come back and he's playing on his fifth-year option. That was the case with Sam Darnold. They brought in Darnold, okay, give him the job. You can be more patient with Sam. Knowing that, okay, well, he has another year. Maybe if he's going to be the guy that's given two years, well, they moved off of him, brought in Baker, and they brought in Baker to be the starter, but took so long to get Baker up to speed as far as with the ones – that now in the in, in the beginning of the season, they're suffering for it offensively. Is it that Baker Mayfield is not cut up to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? Quite possibly that could be the case. And I'm certain that there's plenty of you who made that argument when they traded for Baker Mayfield that things would not change. I was someone that was far more positive thinking that, yeah, Baker will be an upgrade from Sam. Through the first three weeks, we have not seen him be an upgrade from Sam Darnold. He has not turned the ball over but one time. He's taken a couple sacks I don't think he should have taken. He needs to get rid of the football. He needs to be more accurate. 
but he's not having these back-breaking mistakes. And Sam, when you compare what he did last season, in the first three weeks, excuse me, he was well-versed in Joe Brady's offense. Had the, had the entirety of the offseason to get up to speed, to get all the one reps. That was not the case with Baker Mayfield. So I'm trying to remain patient, but at what point, as I asked you yesterday, do we get to, the, to get to where we can't make these excuses like Baker Mayfield has to figure it out? Like, it can't be week 10, because by week 10, where are the Panthers sitting at with this offense? Are they three? Are they like three and uh, six at that point in time? I mean, are they four and five? You, you can't wait 10 weeks until you finally see the offense operate, and it, and it goes to make the jump week to week. Like, Ben McAdoo said that Baker made that, that jump from week one to week two, and Matt Rule said he made that jump from week two to week three. It was hard to see it where he made that jump, and a lot of it is just his fundamentals and his feet. And Baker said after week one, his feet were BS. We've seen that the last two weeks. I know he's trying to get, grow uh, comfortable in his offense. He's going to have to do it quickly. So the Carolina Panthers have two really important games, and they need him. The defense is stepped up. They're getting takeaways. They're being able to run the football, special teams-wise. They've been fantastic so far this season. Baker Mayfield is the one thing right now holding this team back and really holding the wide receivers back. Because when you look at it, it's not the wide receivers. We talked about DJ Moore. Seven receptions, 88 yards, one touchdown. One reception on six targets yesterday for two touch or for uh, two two yards receiving. Like that is not good enough. And I'm not. It's not even. It cannot be DJ's fault. I came with this year thinking that DJ was going to have the best year of his career because he finally had the best quarterback he's played with. That's not been the case so far through three se- three weeks of the season. Yeah, DJ can get better moving forward. The offense can get better, but it has to happen real quick because Carolina Panthers can ill afford to fall behind the eight ball at, as they already are at one and two with these games coming up against the Cardinals and 49ers. We're looking more at it with Baker, looking at pro football reference. He's currently 26 in the league and poor throws per pass attempt at 15.6. So 15% of the time, he has a poor throw on his pass attempts. He Only players behind him are Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders, who are off to an 0-3 start, Marcus Mariota for the Falcons, Davis Mills for the Texans, Justin Fields, who has not been good at all for Chicago, Mitch Trubisky, for the Steelers, and they're already calling for Kenny Pickett and Cooper Rush, the backup quarterback who's now starting in place for Dak Prescott down in Dallas. Baker is also 28th in percentage of on-target throws at 41.6% of the time. Only players behind him are Josh Allen, who's everyone's MVP, apparently, who had missed a easy throw there on a two-point conversion on Sunday that could have helped Buffalo tie the game. Justin Fields. Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, who was not good at all, apparently, on Sunday Night Football in their loss to the Denver Broncos. Only 2.6% of Baker's passes have been dropped, which is top to the NFL. Panthers really struggled with drops last year with the wide receivers. Drops hurt them week two against the Giants. But overall, you can't really pin it on DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, or Shai Smith, who did have his struggles against the Giants, or Ian Thomas, who did have more drops on Sunday. You can't really pin his struggles on drops from receivers because, for the most part, like they are hauling those in. And currently, he leads the NFL with seven batted passes at the line of scrimmage. Derek Carr has four, so three ahead of the next uh, closest quarterback in the league so far. So Baker, got to be more accurate. He's got to be on target with his throws. It just has not happened so far. Got to get his feet settled. Got to trust what's there in front of him, trust his offensive line and get the ball into those playmakers' hands. Because there's opportunities on Sunday where DJ Moore was open and Baker just flat out missed him. And that cannot be the case moving forward. The Carolina Panthers want to take that next step as they have things look like figured out defensively getting takeaways for the first time in a long time. Special teams-wise, they're looking good. 
Baker Mayfield cannot be the thing that holds him back. He was supposed to be the thing that takes them forward, considering what the quarterback play has been like here the last couple of years in Carolina. All right, we'll take another quick pause and then look even closer as the Carolina Panthers have an opportunity to stack some wins and gain some momentum with the Cardinals and 49ers headed to town the next two weeks here in Charlotte. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Robbie Anderson told the guys after they won the game that, hey, celebrate this, but we didn't win the Super Bowl. There's plenty of games left to go, and it's time to start stacking wins, time to gain some momentum. And it's been a long time since we've been able to have this conversation with the Carolina Panthers having momentum. Like the last time was when they last won last November, getting to 5-5, five and five, Cam being back in town, and then coming back home to play Washington, just how electric that stadium was that day. And unfortunately, couldn't get that win and couldn't get any wins the rest of the year. And it took until this past Sunday to finally get that win, beating New Orleans Saints 22-14 to at Bank of America Stadium. But now is the time. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, and what was frustrating for a lot of people was this was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule. You get Cleveland week one, no Deshaun Watson, got Jacoby Brissett, who is fairly risk-averse, does not turn the football over. That is one of the positives of Jacoby Brissett. But he's proven that this is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He can be a solid backup for you. He can give you, I guess, the first 11 games of the season, which he's going to have to give Cleveland. And you can win games with him. And the Browns right now 2-1, and one, lose to the Jets because of a missed extra point. Thanks a lot, Cade York. can miss an extra point, but you can't miss a 58-yard field goal. Whatever. Um, they could be 3-0 and right now. Well, that's a game the Carolina Panthers, while, that, while they didn't play well defensively, starting to run. And then same thing offensively, it took them a long time to get going. Like, that was a game you looked at, you got to win this game. You get a backup quarterback. Panthers made backup quarterbacks, and rookies look silly the year prior. And that was not the case on, on that game where Brissett didn't look great. It was, I think a lot of it was just on him, just missing throws. But you lose that game. That was a game that you felt like you got to win. Week one, of, of course, against a team that hadn't won a season-opening game since 2004. And in week two, you're on the road playing a Giants team. They came off an emotional win against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans don't look great so far this season either as they're one and two. Ryan Tannehill's still not great. Taylor Lewan, they're starting left tackle out for the season with a knee injury. Um, but they go on the road, beat Tennessee. Point of emotion in New York as they're facing off Carolina at MetLife Stadium. Daniel Jones isn't overly impressive. You shut down Saquon Barkley. Like, that's not going to be one of the better teams in the NFL this year. I don't know. I haven't, Monday Night Football is on tonight. I have not watched the game yet, of course, because it's like 5.30 as I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. If they win that game, they're 3-0. and There's a possibility they could get to 4-0. But no one's going to look at the New York Giants under Brian Dable as a legitimate contender to win the NFC East this year, especially when you look at what Philly's done. I mean, if Dallas beats them on Monday Night Football, then Dallas is 2-1. and That's two straight wins without Dak Prescott. And then Washington, yeah, we'll see what they do, what Carson Wentz. But no one's looking at the Giants as a team that's actually going to be competitive and actually be in the wild card race or even a division race come December and, and early January. That's not going to be the case. So that's a game that you thought that you should win. And then you beat New Orleans. So if you really look at it, 
they played a two and one Browns team they lost to. They played it now it's a two and oh Giants team. Could be three and oh, could be two and one. So the best two teams that they played so far this season, record wise, are the Browns and Giants who they lost to. And then they beat the Saints, who's now one and two, like the Panthers, and the Saints are 0 and two in the division. So the Panthers beat the worst team they played so far, record wise, for the positive spin. <laughs> it's a long way to go. I think New Orleans will be fine. They got to get Jameis to stay healthy. He's still through for 353 yards on Sunday, despite having those two broken bones in his back and then bang up ankle. Like, what's he going to look like when he's actually healthy? He had the turnovers that didn't help the team, of course. And that's what you got to do when you face Jameis Winston is force him into mistakes, especially when he's hobbled. But now the next few weeks, they got the Cardinals, one and two. Like, that's a team without a miraculous comeback against the Raiders, who I think they were down like 20 to nothing against uh, in week two. They're sitting at 0-3. They lost to the Rams on Sunday. They got blown out week one up against the 40, oh, against not the 49ers, against the uh, Chiefs. Arizona has not looked good. And Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is one of those guys, too, who is going to be on the hot seat if this continues. If he goes 1-3 and three to start off the season, there is going to be a lot of noise out there in the desert about getting rid of Cliff Kingsbury, who, like Matt Rule, is a college coach. Now, he didn't have great success at his alma mater at Texas Tech, but he did coach guys like Baker Mayfield briefly and Davis Webb and, of course, Patrick Mahomes, who all ended up in the NFL, but just didn't win at a high enough clip to keep his job there, was going to be an OC at USC before Arizona ownership steps in. It's like, hey, actually, you know what? You failed as a college coach, as a head coach. Why don't you come here to the NFL where you don't have to worry about recruiting to way out there in West Texas and maybe you can win games here. Got him to the playoffs last season. Got embarrassed in that Monday night game against the Rams. And things were really murky with Kyler Murray and his contract situation Situation this past offseason. They got that figured out. No Nuke Hopkins now for the first six weeks of the season. And they're one and two. That is a winnable game. I get Carolina played them last year without Colt McCoy. But before then, they beat Arizona with Kyler Murray. They have owned this Arizona Cardinals team. And Dante Jackson especially has played really well. Like this is an opportunity at home. And I know there's the hurricane, uh, Ian, that's going through Florida. Supposed to hit uh, Charlotte by Friday or Saturday. Going to have plenty of rainfall. Don't know what it looks like on Wednesday. Going to have to talk to our guy Brad Panovich over there at uh, WCNC locally here in Charlotte to see what the deal is weather-wise. But he had tweeted out it looks like Friday, Saturday. So Sunday, if Sunday's dry, uh, it shouldn't be concerned. Either way, like you're going to be wanting to run the football anyways on Arizona. That's a game that you can win. And in the next weekend against the 49ers, where I expect there will be plenty of 49ers fans in Bank of America Stadium. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, from my understanding, did not play well Sunday Night Football. I didn't watch the game. was not interested in watching the Broncos and 49ers. Apparently, I was very smart not to do that, considering it was 11-10. to 10. That is absolutely disgusting, what occurred on Sunday Night Football on NBC uh, for the entire nation to witness. But all the talk on Monday has been about that is exactly why the 49ers gave up all those picks to trade up and get Trey Lance, the way that Jimmy Garoppolo played on Sunday Night Football. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a guy who's capable of getting that, that team to the playoffs. He's a guy who had them not too long ago in an NFC Championship game, and we saw how things fell apart in the fourth quarter. So I totally get why the 49ers want to move off of him. I'm not going to sit here and overreact and be like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's true. We know. We know why they moved off of Garoppolo. Because of the Super Bowl and how things ended in that game. Because of how things ended in an NFC Championship game. You saw Week 18 when the Niners were out of the playoff picture. Where they were out of the playoffs. And he bleeds them back in the fourth quarter to beat the Rams. Like it, There's the ebbs and flows. The good and bad with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a capable quarterback. But the Panthers got a really good defense. And they should be able to have success against a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo in two weeks here in Charlotte. 
Like you have two games that are very winnable. So we talked about the early, the easy part of the season was supposed to be week one and two against Cleveland, against the Giants, and I and I don't disagree with that. You beat New Orleans, and now you got two teams that are kind of struggling. Like the, the 49ers lost to the Bears. I get it was a swamp there in Chicago. I mean, Chicago was two and one somehow. It's still very early. We're only three weeks into this thing. I don't think the Giants are as good as we've seen as the record says they are, and I don't think the Bears are as good as a two and one record says they are right now. I don't think the Saints are as bad as one and two. Arizona, T- TBD. San Francisco, we'll also figure that out later. I'm still looking at it. It's like four of your first five home games are at home. You got to be three and two. So that means you got to win on Sunday and win next Sunday, get to three and two before heading on the road. And I think the Carolina Panthers absolutely can do that. The defense continues to play that, like they played. Special teams-wise, they do what they're doing. You keep beating Christian McCaffrey, and Baker Mayfield can start really gaining confidence and comfort in this offense and distribute the football accurately, especially the guys like DJ Moore. And, hey, if LaVisca Chenault can be a factor, and if Rashard Higgins, who got opportunities in the red zone on Sunday, can be a factor, then this Panthers team can be more balanced and headed in the direction that I thought they could head into going to the season and what Matt Rule is saying to this team. that He believes in them, that they're close, and that they can turn things around. They did that on Sunday there's certainly still areas that they need to improve upon, and they got an opportunity to do that in the next couple of weeks against teams like Arizona and San Francisco, who certainly, after what I've seen and what on what's on paper, are, be- are beatable teams for the Carolina Panthers in the next two weeks. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you watch or listen to your favorite podcast. Also, watch the show on YouTube uh, on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. Subscribe there today, and be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. And in the meantime... Stay safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.